so I am Sarah Snyder, and I am so excited about today um, because I get to interview someone who has been my uh, life coach. She's a trauma specialist. Um, I myself am a licensed professional counselor out of the United States, um, and we've talked on and I have talked in a previous episode where she interviewed me, and now I get to interview her about the work we've done together. So Dawn, tell me a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. My name is Dawn Taylor. And I'm an international trauma specialist and life coach strategist. And I am one month away from opening a healing home in British Columbia, Canada. And I'm so excited about that. So I come from a crazy background that involves everything from childhood sexual abuse, having a brain aneurysm, suicide attempts, broken bones, infertility, drug addiction. Oh, you name it. (laughs) It's been a little bit of everything. And in overcoming a lot of trauma in my own life. I have fallen in love with people and now use the skills that I use to heal myself to help others around me. Awesome. I love it. Uh, so we did do one episode already. Uh, and in that you talked to me about what it was like for me to be coached by you. Um, what people who may not have heard that episode may not know is that I went through significant depression. I had a diagnosis of bipolar disorder, was on 15 psychiatric meds concurrently, uh, at a time. I also had a diagnosis of disassociative identity disorder, um, that I now believe to be cured. Um, and you were able to basically walk me through, uh, the trauma I experienced as a child in a way that no one else, uh, in what 30, I'm 39, so 38 years of my life had ever been able to do. Um, to a point where I feel like I'm finally healing. Uh, and, and like I said, the DID is cure and my life is night and day different. Um, so my, my question for you is how and why do you do what you do? Because there's no way that it can be easy to hear about the things that people like me tell you, right. That, cause I often feel like I'm too much like my story is too much for people or was too much for people. And so I'm curious how and why you do what you do. Um, there's no way it's easy for you. <laughs> no, it's not easy. I get that daily from people asking, like, how do you listen to this all day, every day? How do you hear this all day, every day and still be a functioning human? You know what? I also felt like I was too much for everybody my entire life. That was at one point. I remember my husband saying to me, he's like, if you had a dollar for every time someone said, oh, Dawn, to you, you would be a billionaire at this point. And so being raised in that, right. And having dealt with so much of the trauma myself, I was so scared of hurting other people with my story. I was so scared that I would damage them by telling them because they couldn't handle it. And I felt too broken to get help. And I felt too damaged to ever be healed myself. And so when I started doing the work, I had no intention to do this as a career. <laughs> I think most people don't realize that this was never, I didn't do my training. I didn't go through all the courses and the programs and the things that I did to do this as a job. I did it to heal my own life because typical therapy wasn't working for me. And I refused to live in my head anymore the way I was doing it. And so I looked at it from a strategy standpoint of what does it take to neurologically rewire someone's brain? How do you shift perspective? But logistics wise, because I know for me, if one more person made a comment like, oh, you just need to breathe in to your spirit heart or like lean into (laughs) something I was going to throw up, right? Because I was like, I don't know how to lean in. Like, do you tip over? Like I had (laughs) such a logistics brain 
that I couldn't figure out how to be healed by somebody else at that point in my life. And when I finally hit a point where I felt so good, like so, so good and healed from so many different traumas, I realized I couldn't be the only one. And so as people from the outside started to ask me for advice on what to do in their own lives, I was so willing to share. I was so willing to be like, Oh, this is a cool strategy. I came up with this <laughs> like programmer yeah. steps of like how to overcome something so bad. So do these five and then come back to me. We're going to have coffee again and then do these three and then come back to me. And it started out with like random coffee dates of people. And then people started to refer me to other people. And all of a sudden it became my career. And at the core of it, it comes back to it having nothing to do with me. My, you know, it's bigger than my you. why, my why, whatever it is that you would call it has always been to help people be the superhero in their own rescue, right? So that they can inspire people to do the same. And so I think that's a big part of it is that it's not about me. It's not about me. And so when a client thrives, I don't own their win, but when a client fails, I don't own their loss, if you know what I mean, right? And in that, I can actually just sit with them wherever they're at in whatever their pain is. And because I've lived it, I'm not scared of it because I've been there, done that. And it's the horrible as that statement is right. I'm not, there's no fear around it. There's no fear around being like, Oh, cool. That's what happened to you. All right. Now, how are we going to deal with it is very much where my brain goes. And I think part of it, part of it is your life experience. But I think part of it too is, is I really suspect part of it's the brain aneurysm that you had. Because oh, you, you just think so differently about things because you're able to access the emotion, but you're also able to think very logically and like talk step by step, right? About like, hey, try these particular steps, right? To heal, um, which is different. Which is, which is so different. But then in that, I know I, just, I never in my life thought I'd be so grateful for a brain aneurysm, <laughs> but it works so well with my career. But in that, I can very much step out of it also where I can go, this isn't my story. And if I'm in it with them, who's going to help guide them out of it? Yeah. Right. I can, I can play games like that with my own brain so that when a client is telling me what's going on, I'm not reacting in a big way. I'm not drowning in their pain with them. I can sit there and just be really safe where it's like, no, 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 keep talking. Tell me everything that's been too much for everybody your whole life. And when they're done, I'm like, is that it? Cool. Okay. Now let's move on Keep going. And people are, clients are really shocked by that. Yeah. They're like, I can actually tell you this and you're not hurt. And I'm like, no, it's not my story. I don't get to own it. But yeah, those are a few of the little things that I do. And I just love people. Like I just love people. So I want to ask you about one very specific thing that you did for me. <laughs> Yeah. I, uh, I used to really not have a voice. I had struggled really hard, uh, with talking and expressing myself, whether it was personally, whether it was in business, like I was known for being a very quiet person. So what I did was I wrote, I wrote all the time. I journaled, I just, I just wrote all the yeah. time. And I had tried previously to, to like every once in a while, like email, like a therapist. Right. And the feedback I always got was like, you can't do this, right? There's regulations, there's this, there's that, like sessions are 50 minutes or during the week, right? We don't do emails outside of that. So yeah. you and I started working together and I emailed you a couple of times and you just 
you're cool with it. Right. You just email me back. It wasn't a big deal until finally one day I said, look, I said, I know I need to stop emailing you. I'm sorry. Like I apologize. And it was funny to me because you said, no, just write me. It's fine. Write me whenever you want. And we came up with the system where if it was ignore in the subject line, then you didn't have to read it right away. And we could talk about it during our coaching session. But if I said, forget, there's something else I put in the subject line, a respond, reply. I think is what it was. Reply, yeah, it was reply or respond yeah. or something. Yeah. Then you had 24 hours, basically, essentially. You had 24 hours. Like, I knew I'd get a reply from you one way or another within 24 hours. And uh, you told me the other day, and I checked, and I'm actually a little embarrassed about it. <laughs> We've been working together in what, nine months or so, give or take. Uh, and I, and then I double checked just to see. And I have sent you about 1,200 emails now at this point. <laughs> And yep. so, so well over a thousand emails. And so, uh, uh, my question is how did you know? Cause I think that's a fundamental piece of how I, how I healed was the writing Absolutely. to you and the processing. Cause we had coaching, but then I was able to write about what I was processing, like after the coaching session or like memories that came up or just whatever I needed to, I could get it out and have somebody see it and feel seen. Right. And uh, I get a response if I needed a response. And so I'm just curious how you knew that would be a key to my healing and how you were able to manage the volume of that kind of communication for me. Uh, Cause it, that is not the norm, Don. <laughs> oh, I, I do realize that's not the norm. Um, multiple parts is because of the personalities, right? I was coaching you and five other people. Yeah. Right there were six of you showing up for every coaching session. And I realized very, very quickly that specific ones loved to talk in coaching. Right. And I could tell when you were switching immediately, I could see when you were switching, which I think was also very rare for you that I, I could just, I just knew, I knew the yeah. second you switched and I could figure out who it was. And so in becoming friends with your personalities as part of that. And for everyone listening, you got to watch, listen to this previous episode <laughs> to know what we're talking about. But in becoming friends with all five of them, part of it was that I realized that some of them communicated through video and some of them communicated through writing and some of them communicated through face-to-face -face coaching. And so I knew that I was missing out on some of you by not allowing you to write because that's how it worked. Like that's, that's what parts of you actually really needed or else they would feel ignored and then they'd act up and I wouldn't be able to have time with you. So that was actually a really big piece of it. But the second thing is, can we well, pause for a second? Yeah. <laughs> this is fascinating to me because I actually had a personality that did not talk that I didn't tell you that did not talk <laughs> like, but it didn't talk. So it's fascinating to me to hear you say that, like in this moment, because I'm like, I don't think I ever told you that my one person. No, I didn't. didn't I talk. didn't know that. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I didn't know that. I just knew that some of them never showed up. Like some of them never showed up. They showed up in like aggressive behaviors, but not in words and coaching. Yeah. Right. But then yeah. I could tell in the writing who was writing me. And so yeah. just based on your verbiage and stuff. And so that was part of it. But the other part of it was, and I often talk to clients about this is I would walk into a therapy session. I'd sit down. It would take me like 20 minutes to like get through what's gone on over the last seven to 14 days. Then we'd finally start to dig deep. And I'd finally get to this point where I could like lower my walls, get a little bit vulnerable, feel like I was digging into something and it'd be like, and ding, 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 50 minutes is up. I'm in the depths of my hell time to go. 
I'm walking into my car feeling worse off than when I walked in, not knowing how to deal with this and not knowing how to process all of those emotions and not knowing what to do with them. And so that was one of the reasons why we're like, we did three and four hour sessions sometimes. Yep. So that when you dove into something, we could actually like process all the way through. But I knew that that was a big part of it. And it's why I give my clients access to me all week is that if something comes up, it's way different. If you can deal with it in the moment, like right now I'm having a trauma response in this day before I've attached shame or guilt or frustration or anger or whatever to it. Like right now, something is going on to be able to like deal with it in that moment is so much more powerful than somebody boxing it up, ignoring it, putting it away, trying to get away from it and then trying to like dig it back up in their next session. So I started that years ago where I was like, no, no, no. Like email me, text me, call me. Like, I don't care. Let's talk about it now. Cause it's going to like help you heal in the moment and create those strategies and tools in the moment instead of having to, figure it out on your own yet again. Right. And especially because our brains go so crazy, let's be honest, our brains kind of go crazy when we're in those moments and the volume, I don't know if you realize this. I read every single word of every single email you ever sent me. I, I, I do know that, but I only know that because sometimes I would say things to test you to see if you were reading the emails. And I don't know if you realize how much I was testing you because I would ask questions like, I wonder if she read this right. And then you would be, you would know what I was talking about. And I was like, Oh, she did read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't trust you at first. And I still struggle oh. with it sometimes even today, but it, but it was real bad, you know, at oh, first. 100%, right? and you didn't trust me for, Girl, it's only been, let's be honest, in the last like couple months that so you're finally like, I think you're okay. I think you're not going to hurt me. And that's okay. You've been hurt your whole life and that was your protection mechanism. We're good. I'm not going anywhere. Right. But I think that for me, it's the volume of communication was I would sit down and I would just read through them and see them not from a place of like, oh, this is consuming me, but like, this gives me so much more that I can now take into the session to help you get exponentially better results mm-hmm. in your healing, because I know you in a totally different level. And in a way it's really safe. I love when clients email me or text me or call me with like what's going on in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it does, it allows me to reach them in a totally different way. So I want to talk about one other thing. <laughs> for sure. I want to go off track a little bit. Uh, one of the things that you also did for me is um, there were things that happened to me in my childhood that I had never been able to tell anyone that I'd never been able to talk about. And I had been psychiatrically hospitalized a couple of times. And I had been told at one point uh, that in order to, to really felt like in order to really fully heal that I needed to spend a minimum of three months in a psychiatric hospital so that I could basically tell them everything that had happened to me. Right. And they could help walk me through it. But they said, you know, there's no guarantee that even after the three months, we can put you back together again, but we're just going to, we do soap weekend. Right. Well, that's and, just uh, comforting. Right. And then, and then, you know, I was in, I was in university at the time. I had a, several jobs at the time and yeah. the cost of something like that, the insurance doesn't really cover that. Right. It's astronomical. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess this is never going to happen. Uh, and you and I met and I was at a point where I kept telling 
the professionals in my life, right? I, I need, I need to get this out. Like I've got to tell somebody, I've got to get this out. And they kept telling me, you'll, you'll break. You're not ready. You'll, you'll crack. And you can't know. Uh, and so I kept getting pushed back on it. And I told you that one day, I said, I just want to tell somebody. And, uh, you said, well, when you're, when you're ready, I'll, I'll listen. And I thought this woman is crazy. <laughs> like that was my instant. My first thought was this woman is crazy. Right. Cause everyone yeah. else up to this point has said that I'm not enough. I got basically, I'm not strong enough to tell my own story. And you said to me, you said, it's not about you. You lived it. The onus isn't on you. You lived it. You went through it. You can tell it. The onus is on me to be trustworthy enough for you to feel safe enough that you'll trust me to walk you through it. Right. Which shocked me to know. I was like, what? It's not on me. It's not a flaw that I have that I can't tell somebody what happened to me. No. Um, so I forget my question was, <laughs> I guess it's how, so we spent about, well, it was about three and a half, maybe four hours over on zoom. Uh, one night yeah. after we had been working together a few months and I got to that point where I felt like I could trust you enough to tell you, and you really walked me through all of it, like the emotions and the experience and, and you helped me have the feelings, but not be overwhelmed by them. Like you helped me like stand up at one point and like take a break and breathe. And then like, I don't know, it was really amazing. And I thought that I would wake up depressed the next day. I thought I would be suicidal the next day. I thought I would, and I will the next day. I mean, I was so happy. I was like, Oh my God, like I did it. I'm okay. Like everything's great. But my question is, how do you do that for people? Cause there's no way that listening to three and a half or four hours, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do you know that it's time? How do you have the confidence in yourself and in your client? How do you, how do you do that? Um, multiple things. One is when a client gets to the point where they're actually willing to talk to that level and actually tell everything, right. They know, they know it's, and everyone, every client does. And if they try to talk about it in advance and I'm like, no, you don't trust me yet. So you're not actually going to be okay going through this. Right. I don't know. Intuition, my gut (laughs) belief in my skills, having done this so many times, Right. And I think honestly, that's the biggest thing is being able to read what's going on in you and intuition to know where you're at, where, what's going on. Cause like, it's always, I always tell people that like when someone is telling me their story, like you got to dip them far enough into it that they're feeling the emotion and then know when to crack a joke or when to like lighten the mood and pull them out of it and, you know, shift something. But we hold so much shame and guilt and, pain attached to these stories. And it's like, because we're terrified to tell them because we're so scared of what happened to us. And we're so scared. We might hurt somebody. We go to these places of not ever saying anything. And then we get told we're going to break. Well, we didn't like attach a lot of meaning to someone's story. Right. Well, now your story is controlling you. And sometimes it's just needing to like, I always say it's like verbal diarrhea, right? Like just let it all out at one time. And that's the key, honestly, is doing it over an extended period of time, right? Like do it over a four hour chunk, do it all in one day, instead of breaking it out these 20 minute increments at a time, right? Because it allowed you to like, like you said, you got to walk through the whole thing. And at the end of it, be like, huh, I just did that. I didn't break. You're not broken. And that allowed you to release so much of the shame attached to it. 
right? So much of the story you had built up in your head over the fact that it would kill you and it would break you and it would break the people around you and you were too much and all those things. As soon as you got to that other side, you were like, well, that was easier than I thought. <laughs> I remember you telling me that the next week you were like, that was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. Yep. And I was like, yeah. But a big that piece is- of that though was honestly was, was you. Cause I had tried, I had tried, like it just, I couldn't. And I just want to give you props for that. Right. Cause it, it wasn't, it wasn't just that I told anybody. It wasn't just that I told somebody randomly. It wasn't this, it was 15 minutes. So it wasn't the three, right. It was, it was you and, I guess it is your instance. I don't know where you're training though, where you were able to, to gauge, right? Like how I could stop and breathe. Like, cause you knew me well enough to knew, to know what I needed as I was telling you what was happening. Right. So that I could process it in a healthy way and in a safe way. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's from overcoming my own trauma and my gut. Like it's so much of it is that of being like, I've told this story. And this is where my brain was. This is where my body was. This is what was going on. Well, I have a million other questions I want to ask, but we're about out of time. So tell me (laughs) what else, what have I missed? That's super, super important uh, that people should know about you or us or whatever. It is never too late. It is never too late. Um, I've had clients in their eighties come to me to deal with trauma It's never too late. It's never too early. People need to realize that they're worth fighting for. We have to realize that as a society and if typical talk therapy doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that there's a problem on your end. It might just be that you need something super unconventional and you need something a little different. So explore the alternatives. There's a lot of other ways to get help and to heal yourself. And it's so worth it. I promise. It's like, I always joke that it's like taking off a body size bandaid, but man, when it's off, it feels so good. (laughs) good. It does. Right. But also with that, like if you've had a lot of trauma, find someone who's actually overcome trauma to do your work with you. It makes a really big difference. Yeah. So what have you learned from sharing your story? I've learned that the vulnerability is a double-edged sword. And so while sharing my story, because as you know, I'm super vulnerable and open. I wrote a book about my life last year. I talk openly about what's going on in my world all the time with clients so that they get why I work the way I do and why I think the way I do. It definitely puts it out there where like someone could hurt you or someone could love you through it. But you know what, the ways that it's helped people, the ways that being vulnerable has like given other people almost like permission to be vulnerable or given them permission to heal or given them permission to embrace what they're actually feeling has been 100% worth it. And I would relive my life all over again if I could help one more person. That's beautiful because you've been through a heck of a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) a heck of a lot but I seriously I wouldn't change a thing if I could if it would help one other person fight for themselves it'll help me so thank you you're welcome we all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard and we want to share yours for more information and to get involved visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com
Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time. Thank you.